everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 103. Today, I'll be talking about a Florida stand your ground case. My sources for today's episode are Accused, Guilty or Innocent, Season 2, Episode 5, titled Road Rage Shooting, DMTLaw.com, CaseMind.com, and SunCentennial.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. This case took place in Broward County, Florida on August 24th, 2019. Stephen Tripp said he wouldn't have done anything differently. Stephen was charged with first-degree attempted murder. Stephen said he was out driving and that there was a road rage incident between him and several motorcycles. Stephen said that the motorcyclists were cutting in front of him and he was trying to get around them. They came at a traffic light stop on Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Stephen claimed that the female motorcyclist began to yell and scream at him. The male motorcyclist got off his motorcycle, approached the driver's side door, and that there was a loud bang. The defense then believed that the male motorcyclist was hitting Stephen's door. Stephen then fired two shots, and this resulted in extreme injury and disability. In Florida, a person can use deadly force if they fear that their life is in danger. Stephen was released on a $150,000 bond. My life right now has been put on hold for two years. I can't go out of the state of Florida, burning up all my savings because I can't get a job. Looking at the charges and everything, okay, and what happened to the other man, I'm looked as a person who tries to hurt people or wants to hurt people. The victim had described Stephen as the one who had been weaving in and out of the traffic. The victim said he came about six inches from striking his wife's motorcycle. Stephen said he didn't think that that had happened or didn't remember. Stephen claimed he was chased by the motorcyclist for over a mile. Stephen said he couldn't get away when they stopped at the traffic light. Stephen said he was thinking that they wouldn't let him get away and reached for his pistol. He said there was a huge bang on his truck, and he said the door swung open and he fired. The prosecution's argument was that the victim had been approaching to tell Stephen to be more careful. Support for the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. The performance package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need a more precise shave. 
Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes this Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. My husband loves the boxers, and I have ended up stealing the travel bag to use for extra storage. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CRIMEOCLOCK. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Before he was charged with attempted murder, Stephen ran his own construction company and ran it for about 20 years, but he couldn't leave the area after his arrest. The police's body cam footage was essential in this case to see the aftermath of the crime. It was clear that people were devastated. One person asks how Stephen could do that. The footage also captured police approaching Stephen and telling him to put his hands up. The defense reviewed the statements given by the witnesses at the scene. A witness named Peter was riding his motorcycle, but not with a large group. He said that the victim had gotten off his bike and was yelling at Stephen. He said he saw Stephen shoot the victim. He walked up to Stephen's car, the victim did, and the gun was pointed at him. He said the guy was going nuts. The defense admits that Peter's statement was powerful. Another witness named Samantha Salas said that Stephen shot the victim once in the arm and shot again when the victim fell to the ground. The victim was then shot again in the stomach. The prosecution would probably say that Stephen executed the victim. The defense needed to argue that the witnesses couldn't have seen what they had described, and they used a scale model of the incident. Samantha had claimed she had a full and clear view from the passenger seat. Her husband, Jose, was driving, and Samantha and Jose were about four cars behind the actual incident. She said that she saw Stephen shoot the victim twice. CCTV footage allowed the defense to calculate the exact time that the witnesses arrived at the scene. Samantha's car arrived 15 seconds after Stephen and the victim. The defense believes that they couldn't clearly see what they testified to. Stephen had been experiencing severe stomach pains and discovered he had two tumors in his abdomen. He had been diagnosed with cancer. He had been given less than a year to live. The doctors had told him it was inoperable and incurable. Stephen said he was fighting to clear his name and restore his family's reputation. The defense wanted to show that the victim was the aggressor the minute he opened Stephen's door. The defense received surveillance footage from a nearby store. It was very grainy, but it showed the truck door opening. The hand of the victim also wasn't visible on the door and the defense asked Stephen to bring his truck in for a recreation. Stephen said he saw in his mirror the motorcycles coming up behind him. He said he then leaned down to grab his gun. He cocked it and heard the bang on the door. He turned and fired when the door opened. The defense asked Stephen to open the door. They said it was too slow compared to what was seen on the surveillance. The way that Stephen opened the door was that his foot was against the door. The defense believes that the victim opened the door and fell away. The prosecution released photos of the victim's injuries to show the defense. Luckily, nothing too graphic was shown. 
but the victim's leg had to be removed. His right leg and portion of his foot was also removed, and the shot to his stomach had ricocheted off a bone, which caused internal bleeding. The victim wasn't armed. It's believed that the jury will show sympathy for the victim. The defense said that Stephen was afraid for his life, so they needed to further demonstrate that. A police report from several years ago where Stephen was the victim of an armed robbery. In 1994, Stephen and his ex-wife were held at gunpoint by two men in their car. Stephen said he and his ex-wife pulled up to a gas pump. He said that when he got out, the gunman came up from behind. Stephen said he was grabbed by the arm and was asked for his wallet. Stephen said they had a gun, so he was able to grab it, and he fired over his shoulder. The gunman had shattered Stephen's wrist and shot him again in his leg. His ex then drove him to the hospital, and Stephen said that was the moment he became more aware that his life could have been taken from him at any moment. Larry McMillan, Stephen's defense attorney, believes that Stephen could be immune from prosecution because he had acted in self-defense, and he filed a stand-your-ground motion, and a hearing was set. At the hearing, Samantha Salas testified Samantha said Stephen was the one who had cracked the door open and shot the victim. She said the victim was shot again while he was on the ground. At the traffic light, you're in the center lane, correct? Yes. And you said you were 10 feet from the incident. Yes. Can you look at the screen and tell me when you see he dismounts? That's where it starts to look like he's starting to get off the bike. Do you see your car? Not yet. So your car's not there yet. Your car's not in the screen. But you're telling us that you were right there within 10 feet when he gets off the bike. How's that possible? I know, but I do remember him getting off the bike. See that? Yes. Can you identify that? So that's the wife. I was calming her down. In the body cam footage, Samantha could be seen calming the victim's wife down, and it was just seconds after the shooting had happened. She also said they were periodically talking about the incident. Samantha said she was only calming the wife down and wasn't talking about the incident with her. The victim, John Indelicato, was called to testify. Stephen claimed he was still in fear because he saw John attacking him. He admitted that the white pickup truck, Stephen's truck, was what caught his attention. John said Stephen's driving was erratic and aggressive. He said Stephen came close to hitting him and his wife several times. He said he approached the car because he thought Stephen was drunk and was concerned maybe something else was wrong. He said he had no malicious intent and wasn't the one who had opened the door. He said the door flew open as he approached the car. He said he heard a boom and felt his arm go limp. John said he was 100% convinced that Stephen was trying to run him and his wife off the road. He said he wasn't angry but concerned. John had previously said that he had never seen a truck come that close to him and his motorcycle in 40 years of riding. John was asked if he had any felony convictions, and he admitted he had about four, and he had admitted to racing on the highway before. Stephen testified at the hearing, and he testified to being robbed and shot in 1994. He said since then he lived with a more heightened sense of awareness. He admitted to shooting John because he was in fear when he came to the door. Stephen admitted to not knowing who was at his door, whether he, it was a male or female. The prosecution argued that it could have been a child. Stephen admitted to shooting whoever came to his door. The prosecution said that John wasn't armed. They said to grant immunity for the standard ground defense, the person needed to have reason to believe their life was in danger from someone coming at them. They used Stephen's word to say that he didn't know what or who he had shot at. 
The defense said that Stephen was cornered and chased. They argued that in Florida, the person didn't have to wait until someone put their hands on or came at them with a weapon. Seven weeks after the hearing, the defense received the decision. The judge granted immunity and dismissal. Through my research, it looks like Stephen has since passed away from his illness. While we may not know what really happened that day in Florida, it seems like Stephen may have actually been afraid for his life. But I also think it's important to note that John has also suffered from his injuries. But he is alive. In this case, could have been a lot worse on both ends. Book recommendation for this week is The Night It Ended by Katie Garner. Finding the truth seems impossible when her own dark past has her seen lies everywhere she looks. From the outside, criminal psychiatrist Dr. Madeline Pine's life appears picture perfect. She has a beautiful family, a successful mental health practice, and a growing reputation as an expert in female violence. But when she's called to help investigate a mysterious death at a boarding school for troubled girls, she hesitates. She's been through tragic cases before, and the one she was entangled in last year nearly destroyed her. Yet she can't turn away when she hears about Charlie Ridley. After the girl was found shoeless and in pajamas at the bottom of an icy ravine on campus, the police ruled it a tragic accident, but the private investigator hired by her mother has his doubts. If it were Madeline's daughter who died, she'd want to know why. Arriving at the secluded campus in upstate New York, Madeline's met by an unhelpful skeleton staff and the four other students still on campus during winter break. Each seems to hold a piece of the puzzle, and everyone has secrets, Madeline included, but who would kill to protect them? This is another book that has been really good throughout and also very different from other thrillers I've read. It's set in a school for troubled girls, and of course one turns up dead found in icy water. Not only is her background looked into, but so are the possible suspects who wanted her dead and the psychiatrist Madeline Pine. I give this book a 9 out of 10. Thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring today's episode. Again, use the crime code CRIMEOCLOCK for 20% off plus free shipping. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, email me at itscrimeoclocksomewhere at gmail.com, Buy me a coffee and please leave me a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying this podcast. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.